Hello there, and welcome to episode 46 of Kuzzlewop. I am your host for this episode, Willie, and as usual, we got my co-host. I to the V. Nah, I'm all in. It's just I V Isaiah was good. Another episode, baby. Episode 46. Yo, the year's almost done, bro. The year's almost done. It is, bro, but it, but it's not fully there yet. You know, we, we still got this episode of Kuzzlewop right here, right now, and our final episode dropping next week, but who knows when. Uh... But yeah, man, you know, it's been a crazy year. And at the start of next year, we are going to be getting Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. You know, we've spoken about that game plenty of times, but we we only ever really get to talk about the, the franchise that it is joining in the small bits. And so I thought it would be fun if today, similar to our Assassin's Creed episode, we take a look back at the Batman Arkham franchise Going game by game, including Batman Arkham Origins, even though it's not made by Rocksteady, it's a part of the franchise and deserves to be spoken about. We, you know, we just wanted to dive in, talk about these games, what they do well, what they don't do well, and what they have brought to gaming in general. And why some people would consider that one of these games is the greatest superhero games of all time. I'm excited to get into this conversation. I am. It's it's been a long time coming, bro. Absolutely, man. I just think it's worth mentioning. This is one of the greatest trilogies. I know we're, we're, we're going to talk origins, but one of the greatest trilogies ever in gaming. You know, that we don't have a lot of these, if you think about it. Like, you got trilogies and movies, but gaming, this is kind of, this is make or break. And what they did was they, as we'll talk tonight, made a mark on gaming through a superhero game, which is also a phenomenal achievement. Um, so we don't take these games lightly, man. For me, when I think of, Arkham Asylum, I remember being younger, uh, high school, college age, and, and, and realizing that like Batman conceptually should always work in a video game. It, it should, it should always work because he's just such a cool hero. You know, we've always gotten other games. We've gotten Spider-Man and Marvel has gotten some shots off. But when it comes to DC's depictions, we didn't get anything that was meaningful from Batman. I remember, you remember the Batman game they came out with, with Batman Begins? Did you ever play that? I mean, I did, but I don't have many memories of it. Uh, what, what I do really remember though is, um, Lego Batman, bro. That was like the Batman game when I was a kid. Right. And so it's like this game comes at a time and came at a time where it had something to prove, something to show. And, and it proved so much. It proved so, so much. Uh, some would say that it hasn't been topped. It hasn't been topped just yet. So Willie, go ahead, man. Take us, bro. Take us through what this is going to look like because I'm excited to jump into that city conversation. You already know. Dog. All right. Well, you know, first things first, I just want to talk about the conceptualization that led to this franchise. We got Rocksteady Studios, a group of 40 people coming together and saying, yo, we want to make something iconic. Let's, let's make a Batman game where, you know, the 40 of us are just going to put our heart and soul into this. We're going to put one dude, on cape physics alone boom conceptualize let's get this shit done let's make a third person combat stealth detective game what okay 2009 all right batman arkham asylum drops ivy is 14 years old i'm nine years old right and this superhero game drops amidst 
like what you said earlier, Batman Begins, movie adaptation game, Iron Man adaptation, the Incredible Hulk adaptation, the X-Men Origin adaptation, of all these movie adaptation video games, and then this game drops brand new, conceptualized from this brand new-ish studio, Sefton Hill, game director, but Paul Dini as the writer, which, you know, he's known in the Batman mythos forever, and they managed to somehow get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to hop on board with with them. Like, they said, yo, we're going to shoot for Iconic. Let's see if we can get these guys, these icons who have already been playing these characters for almost 20 years. They got them. And they set off, boom. They dropped the game, and it it everybody's screaming. Whoa, the combat is it's fun. The stealth is cool. The environment and atmosphere is eerie. I like it for a Batman game. And it becomes a classic. So, IV, I want you to speak about how this 40-person team can could have created something. You know, you were older at the time. You were able to probably appreciate this more than I was. So, what? how did this change your view about gaming and superhero gaming in general at the time as someone who was knee-deep in it already? So like I said, the last piece of Batman media that I had been exposed to up until this point of Asylum was Nolan's 2005 Batman Begins and the video game that dropped along with it that year. Um, And, you know, that game had a very wonky combat system. And I think part of what was big with Batman is Batman's supposed to be a martial artist. Batman is supposed to be a lethal fighter. Batman is supposed to be, you know, a badass. And I think, again, superhero culture often... It dilutes, it dilutes some of the other aspects of a hero by making them grandiose in their fighting and their combat and their handling of their situations. But what Asylum left in me impression-wise the most outside of the combat, which we're going to talk a lot about tonight, so tap in on that. But it was that Batman is the greatest detective alive. And they did not hesitate to lean into that in Asylum whatsoever. As you navigate through Asylum space, which if you think about the size of that game in comparison to its successor in the, in the form of City, you know, City is almost triple, almost a quad size wise bigger with actual open world exploration. This game, it does have some level of exploration, but for the most part, for, for the most part, there's a narrative kind of flowing direction that you're going through in the game and they don't waste that in any way shape or form you navigate each space looking underneath each nook and cranny to solve these mysteries and are exposed to your favorite villains from the batman universe like you said they do a great job at creating a story that's truly batman all of the things that go on in each of these games they're suggested to happen within one night And I think the concept of Batman dealing with so much in just one night, it just proves how great of a hero he is, how much of a weight he has on his shoulders. And he goes through some very mentally taxing villains all in Asylum. Um, And so I think when I went into the game, man, I just I was looking for. All right. Well, three years ago, Nolan put Batman on screen and gave me a realistic take and a realistic video game came out that was supposed to be kind of like different. But it wasn't. If this game is going to come in, I want it to bring me back to the roots of who Batman is. And I think that they executed that perfectly. It was almost like they said, ah, you know what? 
we're going to take it to the roots and prove who Batman is meant to be. And and this is what's important about Asylum. I knew greatness was starting. When I heard that there was a sequel coming out and you get to the end of the game and you realize, oh shit, there's room for another game to come out. You realize it's only up from here. And in high school, I felt that. We all felt that. You know, We could talk about the combat too, but I'll start there. I'll start there. What about you, middle school vibes? I mean, shit, bro. It was elementary school for me. And um, my first, you know, playthrough of this game, it, I think it actually came maybe a year after the game dropped. Um, I remember being at summer camp and they had an Xbox inside of like this preteen room that all the preteens were allowed to hang out in. But um you know, the problem is this Xbox, it didn't have storage on it. And so whenever you would play a game, it would lose it if you turn the Xbox off. So I remember coming in, being the first one in. It was always first come, first serve. I would run, grab the Xbox controller and boot this game up because I loved Batman. And I would play through the opening of the mission, pause when it was time to go to the pool, hope that I could make it back first, that nobody would take it over from me so I could keep my playthrough going or that someone wouldn't come in and turn it off. And I would just pray that 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 wouldn't be the case. But you got to keep in mind, no matter what, the day comes to an end. And 10-year-old me was not beating that game in a day. And so the next day I would come back and I would go right into it. And I feel like that experience alone speaks to how great that the game is because I feel like if you're able to go in and not care about the repetitiveness of it, because of how well it is executed, that speaks volumes. So here I am going in, going in, doing that, doing that over and over and over and over again, just playing the game, never beating it till I get an Xbox of my own. And then right around the time Arkham City is about to drop, I finally get to play through this game for the first time. And it is glorious because I finally managed to do it after a year or two of trying to do it off of a summer camp Xbox. Um, and yeah, bro, the atmosphere of this game Maybe hasn't been topped yet in terms of Batman atmosphere, but the the writing, the voice acting, the world itself, it's just so good, you know, and it's haunting too, and it's traumatizing because we all know that jingle that instantly reminds you of that game and running through the halls and getting the goosebumps because you never know what's lurking around that corner. All, all like for a game to be able to make a two second jingle so iconic and make you rethink about the entirety of it, it's legendary, bro. It's really a classic and it's the beginning of a classic trilogy. And and man, it's worth it to mention, bro. That's 2000. What was that? 2008? Nah, 2009. 2009, bro. 2009 is Uncharted 2. 2009 is is uh, Assassin's Creed 2, bro. Like these are games that are also cemented into that era. I mean, it's Uncharted 2, bro. One of the greatest video game series of all time as well. Just a bunch of games that were legendary, especially after first legendary games like Arkham Asylum. So I look at it all and I'm like, okay, Assassin's Creed. And we got to talk about that, bro. We just have to talk about that because I know we're going to talk about Asylum and you're right. There's a claustrophobic nature to it. You definitely have this feeling of going crazy as you're fighting all these different characters and they got all these freaking vibes and ideas and, 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 and bro, what's also 
completely clear here is that they knew exactly what they wanted Batman to feel like as he was fighting these guys, bro. They knew they wanted to put power in the hands of the player in a way that didn't completely leave them the game void of difficulty because the game is still very difficult. It's not super difficult, but it's challenging. If you want it to be harder, you can make it harder. But the combat system's flow state and the introduction of a flow state of a square, square, square counter with the triangle symbol above the opponent that then creates more of a flow state. Then you start to get into power punches as you keep getting more and more devastating. And then you diversify the combat with different gadgets that you have, throw a battering at that guy, jump over the dude that has a shield in his hand. Like the way that they added that, you you heard me break that combat down and you probably thought of like 15 other video games. This is where it started. We're talking about 40 to 60 people creating a combat system that we, what do we say came out that year that was a rival for game of the year? Assassin's Creed 2. And guess what? When Assassin's Creed Brotherhood came out after Assassin's Creed 2, guess whose combat system had been revamped to feel just like Asylum? They changed gaming with this game. We could talk about this game ad nauseum. We could talk about how great the ambiance is. We could talk about the sound. We could talk about all of that. But let's, the game speaks for itself. It, it's, its impact rang through combat. It's still ringing through combat systems. We did an episode on Spider-Man 2 three, three episodes ago, and we talked about the fact that that combat system still has Arkham in it. It still has Arkham in it. Yeah, bro. The the introduction of free-flowing combat just changed gaming forever. And yeah, maybe it didn't come from here, but it was almost mastered here. Um, but yeah, man, Asylum is just... It's, it's, it's the start of something great, and you feel it while playing it, and hopefully you appreciate it also. Um, I appreciate the game for what it is. And it's funny because like some of these first games in these franchises, I can appreciate it. I appreciate that they went hard, brought Paul Dini, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, everybody else. I appreciate it, but it's still somehow my least favorite game, which I feel like speaks to the volume of how good this series is. Um, but something else that was really cool in this game was that you could do ranked challenge maps where depending on what platform you were playing on, you could play as the Joker too. do combat as the Joker stealth as the Joker. Huh? They were, they were doing things that nobody else was thinking of back in 2009. And like I said, I respect it and I, I really need to figure out whether or not it is my least favorite, but for right now, I, I think it is. I understand that. And I mean, I, I think it's worth it to do this. Uh, I want to just hear if you can remember, it doesn't have to be your favorite, your most favorite, but maybe just one of the more memorable moments <clears throat> from the game as you play through it. For me, you know, we talked again about intros, the video game intros and that Spider-Man 2 episode. This intro, the way this game started, ridiculous, ridiculous. Bro, the walking in with Joker, his banter, the conversation, the fight starting. There's just the music. The, the way it starts is so beautiful. I love it. Another thing that I very much clearly remember is Killer Croc, bro. Killer Croc. The fight with him in this game uh, was scary as crap, bro. And, 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 and honestly, I'm still shook. 
They just, they got it right, man. They knew what they wanted to execute. They knew the source material. They knew how to pay it respect and they did it at every turn. I mean, for me, if I think of moments from this game that really stick out, number one, when they let the uh, crazy, like super crazy, like straight jacket dudes out and they start running over the map screaming at you, the first time you really encounter them while walking through the hallways is wild. Second, the infamous glitch from uh, Scarecrow. Everybody knows about it. It's great. You brought up Killer Croc. I am still shook also doing that mission sometimes. But for me, I couldn't tell you why. But the moment that gets stuck in my head a lot, and I quote this all the time, is um when when at the end of the game, you go into Joker's little party and he puts the bomb on the thing. He's like, all right, well, our party's going to begin. Ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Just that little moment we go seven, six, five, four. It just stuck with me and it sticks with me. And now whenever I count from 10 to one, I do that same thing. Classic overall brilliant game high up there as a first game. That joint is like a nine, bro. It's crazy. But, you know, let's move forward, bro. 2011. Arguably the greatest superhero game of all time drops, Batman Arkham City. I'm 11 years old now, you 16 now, and I'm going to let you start this conversation because I know you and I both have many, 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 many things that we want to say about this game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is the year that Skyrim took over and um, I didn't really like Skyrim. You know, I spent a lot of time playing Arkham City that year. Um, and I think I got it when it came out and I ran it and it starts and they make the city and then Hugo strange, you know, him knowing Batman's secret identity, the pressure that he puts on him. I'll never forget Alfred sending the suit into the city. You being up on the roof and putting the suit on and getting right to business. I, again, man, that concept of this all happening in one night. I think there's something about that concept that really just, it makes you feel the intensity of everything that's happening within this. It's unrealistic, obviously. It's like, man, for him to fight and deal with so much and it's all in the span of just one night, there's no way. But it's like, but it's Batman. So there is a way. I mean, if if Batman is fighting a giant crocodile, bro, we, we could suspend our belief, right? It's a long night. It's a long night. But keep going, bro. There wasn't a lot that City had to do to be a successful game. And yet they they took this open world concept and they brought the glide into the game and they opened up the world. All the places where we felt the game was claustrophobic in Arkham and we felt that was a stylistic decision. They then made a stylistic decision to allow us to glide and fly and feel what it was like to navigate through this, you know, through Gotham. I, bro, I just felt like I felt like they 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 mastered that concept so well that everything else just fell into alignment. If when you go big in a game, it can sometimes be at the cost of the quality. You see games like this all the time. I mean, I'm I'm reminded of. Gotham Knights. I think Gotham Knights has a big game world and there's a lot of things they're doing in that world. But I think the size is also part of what shot in the foot in some ways. I think they had a little too much going on. And yet that's a 2023 game. Here we are in 2011 and this game 
was able to show what it's like to take an open world concept, not make it too big, but still make it big enough and have every piece of this world mean something. Every district with a different villain in, in charge and different goon masked up felt meaningful. Nothing felt wasted, bro. And then it's also the concept of there's so much hidden in this game, bro. So many Easter eggs in this game. Do you remember having to collect all of the realer shit, bro? Bro, I've done it a million times, bro. Because when I play this game, it never feels like a chore to me. It feels like something that I'm immersed in, that I want to go do to solve the riddles, to save the hostages, to beat his ass. I'm in there, bro. This game is immersive as fuck. I mean, no other way to explain that, bro. But keep going on your rant, bro. You, you, you in there. Bro, I mean, yeah, bro. I, yeah, bro. I just, uh, Razal Ghoul's illusions and finding him in the back end of the story, Talia's involvement, the Clayface switch up with Joker, the, the Calendar Man Easter egg in the precinct, the, the, bro, it's just, there's so many pieces of this game that feel good. I want to talk stealth. Stealth was amazing in this game. The, the, the concept of hiding in the shadows and jumping from gargoyle to gargoyle, it existed in Arkham Asylum and yet the city's impression of stealth is when it really slapped for me. I think they did a greater job at that in night as well. We can talk about that in a bit, but again, man, it's just building up incrementally as it should. That's how it should work. If a sequel is great when it makes the first game better, and then it continues to cement the foundation of a trilogy. And I think that that's part of why the Arkham City is so monumental. It's not just that it did a great thing in 2011, but everyone felt, oh my God, this is a period piece. This is where gaming is. This is what gaming does. Bro, anybody who tries to tell me that Skyrim, you know, not that Skyrim didn't deserve the game of the year that year. I'm not going to have that conversation. I don't want to die. But if you didn't even think or give a chance to sit or, to sit there and consider, oh, maybe Arkham City deserves a look too, or maybe it's a competitor as well, then you're, you've done yourself a disservice and maybe you didn't play the game, bro. The game from beginning to end is beautifully paced. It's perfectly paced. It's a damn near perfect video game, if I'm absolutely honest with you. Um, I just... Oh my gosh. And it makes me think of, we again, I got to keep referring to Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, people calling it Arkham City, you're an idiot. It's not Arkham City, bro. It's just not. We're talking about at least 10 to 15 villains, and yet there's never a point in the pace that it feels like one didn't get the right amount of time. And it's because the villains are seen through the filter and the lens of Batman, which is how it should always be. It should always be like that with Batman. Batman fighting fighting Ra's al Ghul for the for the sake of Talia that should be important for us because it's important for Batman Joker in the switch up it should be important for us because Joker is his always forever arch nemesis like ah oh, Mr. Freeze in this game beautiful what the Mr. Freeze arc was stupid penguin in this bitch yo bro Arkham City is uh, a moment in and as a gamer, it's one of my moments where it was like, man, I'm glad I'm a gamer. I'm glad I game. And I and I, I remember everyone having this game too on that 360, boy. Everybody had this bad boy. And it's because they knew. They knew it was up. <sighs> man, if I could just go back and fight. If I could just go back and fight one more time, bro, for the first time in that game. <sighs> for the first time. Arkham City took Arkham Asylum, which was already great in its own right, like one of the better first games, as we've spoken about before, and they said, yo, we just going to turn up for no reason at all, and we're going to take risks, 
while doing so. Number one, one of the risks they took were changing the world, like you said, making it bigger. So then they had to change the way Batman's gliding worked. It was cool in Asylum, but in this game, he had to be able to maneuver through the city, go up and down. The design of Arkham City, flooding the city, half of the city underwater, each different section looking different is glorious. Integrating specific characters that some people may not have even been asking for was glorious. Number one, people forget Alfred, I believe, ain't in that first game at all. He's not mentioned, or he's mentioned in Arkham Asylum, but he's not, like, he don't have voice lines in that game. Robin shows up for a few seconds in this game and then disappears, and you're kind of like, oh, damn, that's kind of cool. I like the way he just pops up. You know, I kind of spoke about how I wish Spider-Man 2 would have done something like that with other characters out there in the world, but, I, you know, licensing and all that, whatever. But it made it feel like such a bigger world was happening out there. Narrative-wise, the risk they took to, at the end of the game, spoiler alert, kill the Joker, that's, that's risky, but they executed it well, it paid off. Gameplay-wise, they, they're doing things right now that Spider-Man is struggling with. Making characters feel different. Robin shows up. Oh, whoa, he's using a bow staff, so they didn't even really need to have him as a character. He showed up for two seconds in the story. Why is he in the game as DLC? Oh, we're going to drop DLC Harley Quinn Revenge with him as the main playable character? Oh, he fights different. He got different gadgets. Heard him. That is awesome. Catwoman, you fight as her. Oh, she moves different than Batman. She's not as good grappling from gargoyle to gargoyle. She has to leap. Oh, her gadgets, they're not as knock you out. You got to go up and take them down yourself, but it feels different. The weight of her punches feel different. That's cool. And on top of all of that, they really came out here and said, y'all want to see something cool? Here's Nightwing for no reason. He's not in the story at all. He, he, he I don't even know if he's mentioned at all, but here's Nightwing and he going to play different. Use him, have fun for characters Bro, they was out here eating for no reason, delivering for no reason in ways that nobody would have ever expected them to as a second game. And, you know, maybe it spoiled us because now we have these similar expectations for games that are coming out nowadays like Spider-Man 2. And it's just not delivering to the level that this one did, bro. Like you said, Spider-Man 2 was no Arkham City. And we haven't had an Arkham City since Arkham City. High key. <sighs> You know, and, and and we're not even done, bro. There's also worth mentioning. It, it tips his hat to gaming in general. It, it adopts a rogue, a roguelike Castlevania type feel, where you'll go into a section of a of the city, and you won't have the gadget that allows you into this area. So when you get that gadget, you return back. It deepens the exploration. Then the gadgets also were given more love and shine in the combat system. And again, man, you see this adopted by other games as well. But for Batman to be able to use his grappling hook to disarm an enemy, to use uh the gel while fighting to you, you, bro, you could just do so many things that it's just like, it makes sense that you shouldn't just have these gadgets for when you're not fighting. You should find ways for Batman to use them while fighting. This was also the first game that allowed you to do a double takedown in the free flow system. That also made you feel even more like a badass. You know what I mean? And, and I know Warner Brothers is real happy, real happy that this shit popped off the way it popped off. Because if you think about it, they took that shit and they put it in Shadow of Mordor. They put it in everything, you know? And then you look at Assassin's Creed, 
Creed. Brotherhood had this pieced it, but then it also brought even even more with Assassin's Creed 3. Now we're starting to do attacks where if I hold my square button, I could throw a freaking throwing knife at you. And it's like, that's Batman's gadgets coming to life in other games where it's diversifying the, 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 the combat profile. And I just think, man, they... They set tone in this game and they did it by loving what they were doing. And they didn't, it wasn't let's set tone because we want to set tone. It was they set tone because it was passion bled through. It just created something timeless. It's a classic game, man. It's a classic game. It's one of those games that if you're Jeremy Johns, you would say that you need to own this on disc. If you could, just to know that you were there, that you could have it on disc. It's one of those games that when they sell it for like five, 10 bucks in GameStop, and I see it and it's not even in its an original case. I, I, I'm like, I might have to cop this just so I have it. So I got a collection of this bad boy. Because, <laughs> bro, it's just so good. And also, I, I want to I say this too. I agree with you on the challenge maps. That's like the spec ops of Arkham, bro. It was the spec ops from Modern Warfare 2 or Modern Warfare brought over to Arkham. You know how many hours I spent trying to perfect and get all three stars for those missions? You know how fun it is to play it through as Robin and not play it as Batman and know the differences? Is to know the escrimist stick from a nightwing attack is going to be super fire and stealth and wanting to get scrappy but i only have a couple of missions where i can get scrappy and a couple of missions where i can get stealthy and i'm like damn i need more content from nightwing like it just it was it was it was so good bro i didn't know where they could go next when i found out they were going to make arkham knight i was scared because it was just ah this game bro it's it's like it's a 10 out of 10 bro it's a 10 out of 10 game yeah, bro. It's a perfect 10 out of 10, bro. Can't be topped. Can't be. It, it hasn't been. It can be topped. It just hasn't been in 12 years. So we just got to see, bro. Let's move into Arkham Origins, bro. Now, I know that your relationship with this game ain't the greatest, not because you hate it, just something you haven't really jumped into, which you still should. Um, 2013, I'm 13 years old now, right? Arkham City playing through that it was a fun game for me as a kid that I grew to appreciate when I adopted some like media literacy and stuff like that you know what I'm saying but for this game I was like oh okay we getting to hold me down I'm ready to go and so I jumped in to this Batman game not set during a stormy Gotham night but a snowy Gotham night and that was kind of cool because it allowed me to to experience something different in this universe that had already given us something different in city, but still similar. Um, and you know the cast was different because they were doing Arkham Knight, so Troy Baker came in in his role, and you know Roger Craig Smith came in as his role, and I think they did a great job. I just want to put that out right away. I thought both of them were fantastic in their roles. Troy Baker, especially as a younger Mark Hamill. Um, but yeah, bro, they just came in and and they gave us something cool, in my opinion. Something that's incredibly overhated, in fact. And I think part of the reason, you know, since I brought up Troy Baker, I, part of the reason why the game gets hate is because they brought Joker into the game after City kind of concluded his story wonderfully but to me it's like at the heart like you said earlier batman's greatest nemesis is the joker and this is batman arkham origins and asylum and city was about their relationship at the core of those games how could we not tell this story do you want to call it lying okay but they got to make you believe something 
Was it cool to think that it wasn't going to be Joker? Yeah, but was the reveal that the revealing was Joker? Hell yeah, I loved it. So I mean, either way, you're gonna you're gonna lose some people. You're gonna win some people. I just personally feel like people hate on this game too much. People hate on this game just because it's not rock steady. But if I were to come out and say that this is the second best Arkham game, some people might call me tripping, bro. But I'm tired of the overhating, bro. Play the damn game. I mean, if you want to understand why this game is cool, just go watch that that one of the, the the teaser trailers. One of the main trailers for the game really captures the heart of this whole black mask commissioning assassins to go after Batman. And we know we get a Batman that's younger, like you've mentioned. So you get this uh you just get this vibe from it that feels coming of age, which is something they hadn't done yet. When we walk into Arkham Asylum, you you very much just have, okay, Batman's Batman. I'm Batman walking into Arkham Asylum. Let's go. But in this game, they took it, they gave us a true prequel, which is giving us an idea of how he gets to be what we've appreciated him to be. And Sorry to cut you I off, like, but like you you saying that reminded me that people like to hit on the game also because they bring in those concepts and like gameplay features from Arkham City and the truth is like when you're borrowing assets from other companies to try and make a game in the short amount of time that they were doing this one in to hold us down I'm willing to accept that yeah the, the freeze grenade is the glue grenade I'm willing to accept some of those things because either way it was it was giving me a fun time and it didn't felt too cheap it didn't feel too cheap to me i understand what you're saying in terms of narrative wise certain pieces being brought over from city i think that would that's the wisest way for them to have gone about it but there are some other things that they shed some light on and they gave time that they felt like they could do to make a mark in their own way one thing i'll say is i think he's more of a detective in this game and some of the introductions to the detective side happens here first crime played out through the detective vision happens in this game first the clues that mislead you that aren't correct that you have to deduce are not correct happens in this game first so when you see it play out you also get a good idea of where knight's headed you get a good idea of what knight's going to capitalize on as well and i like that i like a prequel that also alley-oops the third game to be something major some would argue that you could count the trilogy without this game but i think that you wouldn't have have the trilogy without origin at least being here somewhere now i want to talk about the multiplayer because you talked a lot about the single player but multiplayer for me was so freaking fun conceptually i just felt like even if it was a weird and wonky third person shooter that's fine we can get weird and wonky third person shooters that's okay the idea of being batman or playing robin and being able to run around and kill goons and your boys are in your party and you guys will it's just it was fun it was different and i remember the beta coming out and all of us fiending for that bro fiending for that and then when the game came out we were more fiend out for the multiplayer than we were for the single player which i just thought was unique there was no other game that rocksteady was going to create that had multiplayer here we are all these years later we're getting some co-op in their next installment but at the end of the day it's like to see that uh wb montreal did this made their mark in a way that was meaningful with a story that i think was important and well done you know this is why they were called back for the dlc packs on night this is why they were brought back in to help make that game it's because they proved themselves they didn't make a make a game that makes the uh the trilogy water down in any way i definitely don't think that and that's accomplishment in itself you know bro when it comes to origins everybody remembers the Deathstroke boss fight right because that's what all the trailers were really basing the momentum of the game on and so when it came out and it was actually good 
people were like, oh, shoot, this is crazy. And I think that it is widely accepted now that this game has the best boss fights. And then when you start thinking about the other games and their boss fights, you really only find Mr. Freeze coming to people's minds. When in this game, you got Deathstroke, Copperhead. If you played, you know, the side quest, you got Lady Sheba that jumps you at one point with her new martial art, like combat dudes. Um, shit, even Electrocutioner. He ain't even a boss fight, but it's memorable because what you think it's going to be and the way it subverts your expectation. I think... It's really fun. And then when you even look towards some of the stealth stuff, bro, running from from T Titan one Bane, bro, the 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 juiced up Bane, that shit is scary. That's like Killer Croc scary to me. The Bane boss fight on the hotel or even in the arena there, those are memorable moments. Narrative wise, it has some heavy hitting moments. Alfred yelling at him. Origins is lit. I'm just going to move forward, bro. It might be my second favorite, maybe. But who knows, bro? I just got to replay them all again. Um, But speaking of replaying, you know, let's move to the last of the Arkham games. Batman Arkham Knight. You know, I remember 2015, bro, June 23rd. I remember that day. It's like ingrained into my memory. Because I was going to have my first midnight release for a video game. My father agreed that because I had already finished my regions in high school and because school was out, that he would be okay taking me to GameStop to to buy this game at midnight. So we pulled up, we chilled in Applebee's for like three hours to 11 o'clock when they told us to show up and we show up. We're thinking, yo, it's about to be a crazy time here for the next hour. They're like, you know what? We want to go home. Take your games now. 11 on June 22nd because the game was dropping on June 23rd. I go home. I plug this in. Boom. Brand new Arkham game. First Arkham game on these new generation consoles. The PS4 is bumping this new Arkham game. How is it going to feel? How is it going to look? Oh, shoot. It looks it looks good. Oh, it's it best gameplay in the series? Like combat? It feels the smoothest? Okay. And then it just goes on and on and on. And then by the end of the game, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. That was great. But man, was it really repetitive in some areas. And that right there has caused me to never replay this game after my new game plus back in 2015. I haven't played this game story-wise in eight years compared to City, which I could play almost yearly, maybe even every other year. Like, it's crazy. But um, talk to me about Arkham Knight, bro. Yeah, I think just to echo a lot of your sentiments for me, I think 2015, um, if I'm not mistaken... That was the year that Witcher 3 took over. And um, I don't know, man. I think it's so it's different, right? We had Skyrim, Arkham City, you know, Uncharted 2, Arkham Asylum. And, and this game, it, re- it I almost feel like they peaked in City and they didn't know what to do next. It was almost like they did too much in City and they didn't know where to head next. And yet, I still respect them for the things that they did introduce. That's my big thing. I like innovation in games like these because we know these stories and they did come up with unique ones, but we know these characters. So that's my big thing on 
superhero stories? How are you going to innovate? How are you going to create something new? So that's where I appreciated Arkham Knight's Batmobile. I, I didn't mind the challenges. I I was I was a lover of City, but I understood that in Knight they were trying to figure out how do we add more gameplay, more challenges, more Riddler moments where it's like we're we're diversifying it and i remember being upset i remember being frustrated with certain challenges with the batmobile i remember like being like damn this is hard and and i think that made the game for me in a lot of ways so i i don't have as bad or a sour taste in my mouth i do think it was used often but i did enjoy it. i enjoyed the batmobile it felt like a batmobile when you're riding through bat when you're riding through gotham and you run over a car and you f- see it crushed or you're in combat and you're sliding back and forth it's just cool how they, they created a whole little thing there and it's different than assassin's creed doing tower defense missions that are completely phoned in and ass like it was different it felt like batman still to me and so i appreciated that part um i also loved the dual play notion of switching between robin nightwing um catwoman while fighting with batman and being able to pass off through an attack into a different character's gameplay moment that was very cool i know we keep comparing this to spider-man 2 but come on man like spider-man 2 didn't even have that you had to switch characters through a menu and you could do moments where you do combos but this was a game daring to let you swap characters and all of their fight styles mid fight mid free flow mid combo you're getting bonuses mid combo for switching characters it's just really cool stuff man and i think of other games that again they saw this and they took it and they said, we're going to implement that into our system too. You know, and it's just like, bam, even if the game is slept on and it isn't as good as City, there's still an understanding that everyone was looking at at night. Everyone in the gaming industry was looking at night and all the developers were looking at Rocksteady, you know, and I think it's important to mention that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is this is also where we got the fear takedown, which I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the strategic, you know, during a stealth gameplay being able to plan out i'm gonna take out these three dudes by popping out this great at this time like that was cool and again assassin's creed mirage which we just talked about they took this same concept they brought it back so it's like bro they're they're their game, their game culture changers shifters this is who rocksteady has been they're known for this stuff man and i think night you know, Night, they tried their best to top what was one of the greatest video games of all time. And they they fell short in terms of story and conceptually all of it. But when it, like you said, the flow of it all, the way it feels, I'll never forget shooting that freaking grappling hook and then uh, uh, man bat coming out. Jesus, peas and rice scared the crap out of me, bro. Scared the crap out of me. Loved, loved the way it felt to fly throughout the entirety of the city. Uh, you know, I love that. Um, and then the game story, the game story was cool. It, 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 it was cool. It ending in it ending how it ended and, and getting to see that depiction of like Batman taking himself out through nightfall protocol protocol. That was cool. I like that because again, you can do that when you're at the conclusion of a trilogy, you can do these things that are at the end. You couldn't do that in, in city. So it's like, I like that. Do I love everything in the story? No, I don't. But 
they introduce the characters and and the same wonder that they had in all the other games where it doesn't feel like stories are muddled up but rather each storyline is seen through the lens of batman they did a, a good job at that in this game in my opinion having arkham knight turn out to be jason todd and then him coming out as red hood i thought that that was super sick i love that they did that in the game and then i got to play as him and i played as him all the freaking time in those challenges you already know guns all up in your face stop playing with me bang boom bop i i thought it was a necessary set piece and conclusion to the night storyline one of my favorite moments in this game is when um when uh poison ivy throws batman and then he pops up on the elevator it was so bad, man. And there's moments like that that happen often. Every moment you have the Batmobile pull up on you and he jumps in the air and he lands into it, it feels badass every single time. These are the things that I think make this game special in its own way. And I'm, I'm glad that it's there. I'm glad that it's there. I'm glad to have Arkham Knight also, bro. You know, even with all of its faults, it's a classic still. It's a super fun time and it's not a bad game. That's the thing. It's not a bad game. But you can feel the differences. You can feel that Paul Dini isn't really around for this one. You can feel that they we're, we're going in a different direction. And I, you know what? There are things that I love about it. One of the best things about it, in fact, is having Joker be a virus almost in the mind of Batman and having Joker still be a part of the story while remaining dead. And people say that they're they're tired of it. I love it because like I said, with Origins, it keeps what the entire franchise has been about together. It brought Mark Hamill back to be with Kevin Conroy. It's great. Fantastic stuff. Like you said, Jason Todd being able to play as him was mad fun, especially because he was killing dudes. He was actually killing dudes. His bullets was dropping dudes. Um, Adding in Asriel, Harley Quinn as other playable characters. The racetracks were fun. This, the, the DLC for this game might be one of the most fun DLCs ever. With the four extra villains that they add in in their side content stories, those are fun. Having Harley Quinn and Robin and Nightwing and Catwoman have all of their little solo stories. Even even Jason got one where he got to go mess up Black Mass. Like those little fun solo stories and the rank maps were mad fun. The even the Batgirl DLC developed by the people that made Origins was extremely fun. Great DLC, bro. It's there were things there that were to love. Even the racetracks with all the different Batman costumes. Great stuff. The 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 stuff that I felt like it lacked was the story, yes, but fun conclusion, great conclusion. But the side content of this game, bro, it felt like everything they were trying to set up from Arkham City with Hush or other things like that, it just wasn't up to par with what City had already put out there. Riddler stuff, this game, I remember it being extremely tedious because of the racetracks. Nobody wanted Riddler to be doing racetracks, bro. You see what I mean? They they built this Batmobile and then said, because we spent so much time working on this, we need to make sure it's used. And damn, what's it overused as hell. And then some things just get left behind. Victor Zaz running around, someone that's appeared in the first and second game. We just see him on the camera, bro, and that's it. Calendar Man going to visit him to unlock all of his crazy stories just to have him escape and tell you that he'll be there at your conclusion. Just to literally only see him at the conclusion. I don't know how I feel about that. Hush, God awful mission. Like there were those aspects that I was like, oh man, that sucks. Professor Pig was fun though. But overall, 
Arkham Knight is like this big bundle of a, a mess, and but a super fun mess that is still my favorite over a lot of other games. So I can't really hate it, bro. I don't hate the game at all. I love Arkham Knight. Love Arkham City more though. Um, but yeah, bro. You know we we've talked about these franchise games, these four games that are special in our hearts. I'm going to be replaying them before Suicide Squad, but before we do any replaying of anything, bro, let's just talk about what we might be excited for from Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. You know, for me, it's a risk that Rocksteady is taking. They're taking a risk to give us something new. And they're saying that this is what they wanted to give us. So I say, okay, you know, I know Sefton Hill probably, I think he left the studio. So I don't know. I don't know what that may mean, but... I'm excited for the gameplay. Yeah, the gameplay looks cool. I, I mean, but I, I just I'm there for the story and to see what risks they take, especially after setting this in the Arkham universe, because there are some things I'm already not happy with them using the Suicide Squad members and the way that they are from the movies to kind of inspire how they are here. I don't know. I'm not feeling the connection between Arkham Harley and this Harley Deadshot. Come on now, there's a clear disconnect there. But I'm I'm still excited to see how they build this universe out in a brand new way, in a risky way, in an innovative way. How about you, bro? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm looking forward to this story, but part of what was hurting my heart when I saw a lot of the BS um, in the way they were rolling this game out initially, terminology being used, I know we've we've talked about this on other episodes. We've talked about this offline, Willie, but you know, Rocksteady has a legacy they've left behind. And that legacy shouldn't be a box for them. It should just give us, it should give them um, the benefit of the doubt that we can trust that what they're doing is something that's going to be worth our time. And yet, I think that when you are responsible for such a monumental concept and trilogy with these Batman games and you're daring to make another game and say it's tied to that universe there's something about that that you know you're you're setting yourself up for downfall if you're going to completely shift and go a different direction with the way this is going to go out and so I felt like they did a poor job because they put themselves with their backs to the wall concept wise and I think having the rude awakening of the gaming community kind of speak up about how it looks trash, especially off the back end of WB Montreal, which is involved with the origins and them having Gotham Knights. And you could say whatever you want about Gotham Knights, but it had it didn't get the best reviews. It wasn't the best in its response. And I think it's for good reason in a lot of ways. You start to get worried. Is this legacy thing, this giant from my my gaming years of 2008, 2011, 2015, 2013 like is this thing all going to fall apart or is Rocksteady going to show why they were so monumental at that time I think they finally are figuring out how to package this in a way that makes me a lot more of a believer I like seeing the heart of this once upon a time 40 to 60 person team show why they're doing this the way they're doing this show us that they still care show us that that's important to them because when you do that and you break down the gameplay piece by piece that video they dropped it has me geeked i i i don't 
I don't just expect a lot from the story because they're rock steady. I expect the story and the gameplay to be tightly intertwined because they're rock steady. I'm not saying it needs to look like a Batman game. I'm just saying it needs to make sense with the story. The gameplay and the story need to do a nice dance. And from just this one video, the way they presented the story and the gameplay makes a lot of sense to me because they are coming with a different feel. It's not going to be this free flow combat that we once had with the triangle button because the reality is back when that dropped, it was new. So this could just be something new. It may not feel like Avengers. People are saying it looks like Avengers. I think that they we owe it to them to let go of that predisposition. The only disposition I think that should be held on to is Rocksteady, we've got your respect in this DC world. Don't waste it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good challenge for them. I think that they can pull this off. It makes me very excited for what's to come. That first video that they dropped this year, I mean, this fall, um, it got me pumped. And um, before then, I wasn't I wasn't that confident and I felt like I hadn't seen enough. Now that I know, I think about if Kevin Conroy's coming back, it's because it's for something good. Exactly, bro. Like for me, Kevin always joined up when he saw something interesting happen. He was even in crisis on infinite earths because he thought it was an interesting take. So whatever he's coming back for 30 years after beginning the role, it's got to be something good. And you know, that's also something to kind of look forward to the fact that I'm pretty sure this is going to be the last time we ever get to hear him as Batman. And so that alone is making me go into this. I'm not expecting them to do something grand because it is his last time as Batman because they didn't know that it was. I'm just expecting that he came back for a reason and it's going to be good. I hope it's good, bro. Um, but like I said, I'm not I'm not too crazy on the way that the gameplay looks. Hopefully, whenever I get around to playing it, whenever the game drops, I'll have a different feel for it. I, I like the traversal. Traversal looks really cool. It looks unique. I'm excited to play different characters. I'm excited to hear their different storylines to see if they're all given justice the way that the villain stories in these Arkham games were never Spider-Man 3'd and kind of cluttered and nasty in their pacing. I think that if anybody can give us pacing with four different, five different, six different playable characters, tons of Justice League characters, people from this universe, and we're getting Brainiac, and we're like, come on. I think they can do it. I've got trust. Let's get it, baby. Rock steady. Be steady. You feel me? But yeah, man, you know, the last thing I'm actually really, really, really looking forward to was having a co-op superhero game, bro. They tried with Avengers. It was fun to play with like my boy Austin because we was just doing Black Panther, Captain America, like tag teaming up the enemies and stuff. But the game wasn't good. It wasn't a good game. Um, Gotham Knights, we had fun with when we played it. I know you got your own feelings about that. We were going to have to talk about that another time. But to have this, bro, four players, hopefully it could be something cool. You know, um, I'm always looking forward to new co-op games, uh, which we'll be speaking about soon. But either way, Rocksteady, you've given us four games that are beloved by so many people. There's a chance that somebody's favorite video game out there if it's come out since arkham asylum has some sort of technological piece of it that they got inspired from because of you so you legendary this is a legendary franchise if you've listened to all of this and haven't played it do yourself the favor and try to forget everything you heard us say and go back play them 
and just enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride. But that that's that's our episode for this, man. We thank you so much for listening to another episode of Cuzzle Op where you, you're you always going to hear us geek out about something. This time, it just happened to be the, the Arkham Knight trilogy. Uh, Willie said it, man. Go pick it up in some way, shape, or form. We know there's ports out there. If that is the only way that you're able to play these games, then I'm still going to say you should do it because it's a major piece of history gaming-wise. Uh, so definitely do so. Um and don't play that Batman Begins game from 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 Nolan's. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Just it never happened. It just never happened. We thank you so much for tapping into another episode of Cuzzle Wop and for rocking with us throughout this entire year. We've got one episode left that'll be dropping next week. I'm not gonna tell you what it's about. You're just gonna have to show up, be there. Uh, but we we hope that you and your loved ones this holiday season are are, are warm, are vibing, and if you're listening to a Cuzzlewild episode together, that's even better. Uh, make sure you send this out to anybody who you think would appreciate two dudes just talking their talk about gaming, about video games, about TV, about movies. That's what you're gonna always find every time you listen to Cuzzlewild. Two cousins, one podcast, endless entertainment. Peace. <laughs>